Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Barefoot Buttons, the barefoot buttons of buttons. We love them and you're going to love them too. We sure do, Steve. That's right. I love Barefoot Buttons. I actually really do. Yeah. And I'm really excited that we're uh, continuing to do marketing for them, with them, through them. They're excited about, about us. About them. It's a uh, symbiotic relationship as yeah. far as I can tell at this point. Uh, they're starting to do engraving mm-hmm. uh, in the near future, which is awesome. They've been sending us... Uh, 60 cycle hum engraved barefoot buttons to kind of pass out through the wheel of pedals. Yep. Which is fun. Do we want to talk about wheel of pedals later? I don't know. We might as well. Um, We're so in the middle of an advertisement. We are in Ryan. the middle of a sponsorship right now, but we might as well. But so, yeah, big thanks to Barefoot Buttons for sponsoring the show yet again. Uh, really looking forward to everything that they're doing. Yep. So go check them out at www.barefootbuttons.com. Mm-hmm. Tell them that we sent you. Or else. Or else. Hi, I'm John Cusack from Cusack Music, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Steve. What's up? Uh, You know me. And hanging out here in 60 Cycle Hum Studios. We've got the green screen set up. <laughs> is that what this is? Yeah, now? maybe we'll be uh maybe we'll actually get around to publishing video of us podcasting this time. Someday. We've threatened to do it in the past and never actually gotten around to People doing it. People always say they want it, but I don't know why. Yeah. You want this? You want to see this? I don't think you do. I don't even want to see this. I don't want to see this. <laughs> I I take a shower in the dark so I don't have to see it. <laughs> what? <laughs> now you guys get to see all the dumb stuff we do to our mic stands. Trying to figure out where to pull this pen. Uh, so, uh, do we have anything new to talk about? I guess we do, don't we? We do. We were sent a bass guitar, a bass, a bass guitar, and an electric guitar. From the fine fellows and ladies over at Eastwood Guitars. What if they're only dudes? What if they're only ladies? That's true. What if they're uh, animal people? There's a thought for you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But Um, even if they are animal people, they're they're probably still gendered. That's true. And if they're not gendered, I'm not going to judge. (laughs) This has gone on a really weird tangent. Sorry, Eastwood Guitars. Thank you for sending us a bass and a guitar. They sent us, uh, what is the model of the bass? The Classic 4 in Walnut. And it is beautiful. I actually really, really like that bass. And they also sent... Oh, you can't have it. (laughs) They also sent uh, one of their airline guitars, the the three-pickup model, Mm -hmm. this uh, Seafoam. And I think that thing is just beautiful. I've been having a lot of fun playing around with it. You, you've you taken the bass home. You've been practicing with it and playing uh, at church with it. Yeah, I actually practiced this morning. Practice? I've been uh, doing <laughs> demo videos, not of the guitar, but with the guitar. Like oh, really? Demos. And uh, eventually we're going to do uh, some media with these guitars, completely review them, completely kind of take them apart, and try to communicate to you guys, our you know, our awesome audience, the the full nature of what these things are like. Right. Because it's this day and age, it's so hard to shop. Well, it's it's really easy to shop, but it's so hard to know what you're buying. Exactly. Because there's so many products available, and so few products get carried in national guitar stores. Mm-hmm. 
that you really have to hunt down these guitars to try them out before you play. And some of them are so eclectic looking, so like unusual or different in whichever way that you're like, wow, that looks really cool. That could really be a neat visual fit for me and my band. But who knows how that's going to sound or feel? Do I really want to jump in the deep end with this guitar without having tried it? We're going to try to kind of demystify guitars that get sent into us and be like, this is what it's really like. This is what you can expect from it. This is what I would compare it to. I think it's going to be a really kind of powerful thing. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been really great. I've enjoyed the bass a ton. Um, because it's semi hollow. Like I actually can, like, I feel like I get a little bit more out of home practice. Interesting. Uh, cause you can like, feel because like I can kind of feel it. Cause I, I you know, I'm not going to, I have a tiny condo. I've got kids. I can't really like pull out a bass amp. Right. You know, I can't, you know, and I guess like I've plugged in my bass into my other bass into that black fly, that little black fly right. amp, and run the headphones and that works out okay. Um, but it's kind of cool to just be able to, uh, put like on, hang out on the couch. And- yeah. Or I, what I was doing this morning is like, I was listening to a recording of a song and then playing along with bass and there's enough, uh, body and there's enough reverberation and everything, uh, with the body and everything where I felt like I could play along and sure. not feel completely disconnected. That's not an acoustic bass. No, it's no. just semi hollow. It's a so semi hollow bass. It's got a it's got a block of wood down the middle, so it's not like you're playing acoustic. Like, oh, here's a full acoustic. So yeah. You could play around with an acoustic guitar. No, it's very much an electric bass. But you can still you get a lot more sound out of it just sitting around in your house. Playing. Yeah, it, you get a, you get a better idea of what it sounds like. Exactly. It, it very much like there's much more of a, uh, I guess vibration transfer than I get with like other between like my body and the bass than I do with other bases between my body and the bass is a good episode title. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It also, between my body between, and the bass. between my body and the bass sounds like a, the next Britney Spears album. <laughs> oh, Britney, man. if you use that, I only want 1%, 1%. What? I'll take 0.1%. Whoa. Actually, these days a tenth might, of a percent. Not, these days, that might not be as much as you think it uh, is. I think it's going to be enough. I saw an article post up, posted up on Facebook earlier that I didn't read the article, but the headline <laughs> the headline said that old music, for the first time in history, is outselling new music. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Is that what? But what does that mean? In what formats? No idea. See, I didn't uh, read the article. You didn't read the article. I, I do know I that like, I think I think it was two thousand fourteen. Uh, Taylor Swift had the only platinum album of 2014 and yeah. she released it in like December. I think she also had the, like the only platinum album. I don't, I think there was another platinum album in 2015, but part of me wants to say that she had the highest selling album of both 2014 and 2015 with the same album. Okay. I see what you're you saying. See, like she sold so, so many the, between the, December and January. She sold so many units that she won like both years. This, this has been the, Taylor Swift minute here on <laughs> 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar podcast. I'm sure uh, Kyle... We could actually spend a lot of time talking about her because she does actually play guitar. Yeah, I'm sure Kyle Smith will make corrections to any of the statistics that yeah. I got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So do we want to move on and, and talk about anything else? Um, 
I don't have anything else new. Uh, let's talk about the wheel of pedals real quick. Wheel of oh. pedals. We're still doing the wheel of pedals, yeah. obviously. We're going to have a little bit of a delay because we've switched our recording schedule a week. Which actually just makes up for the fact that like somewhere a few months ago, we switched our recording yeah. schedule ahead of week. So now we're actually back to our normal schedule. We're the only one who cared about that. <laughs> I know. But last week we recorded at the Salvage Custom 4th Anniversary Party. Yeah. And we thought we were going to record two episodes. We recorded one episode before the party started. And that was too noisy like in itself. So recording a second episode while the party was happening was just yeah. right out. We left no freaking way. When we left, it was like just Blues Jam City. Oh my gosh, it was um, over the top. Hot it just was were not just dripping in everyone's it ears. It was not coming down. Also, um, I had I think eleven tacos. <laughs> um, well, that's your own damn fault, Steve. And, uh, I couldn't stop drinking that stone. I had a, a few cups of stone. The last one was one. Definitely one too many. Yeah. I still drink it, but it was like, it was at a point where that combined with the tacos, like yeah. there was no room left in my body for, for food or beverage. They had that stone smoked porter there, which is probably my favorite stone beer. Uh, I don't like a lot of stone beers because I feel like a lot of it is way too over the top for me. Do you feel but like stone beers sometimes are a little too heavy? In ABV? No, that was a stone joke. Oh. Like stones. This is what I have to work with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, no, so no, I know what you we, mean. Like, we, Wheel of Pedals, though, uh, the flint is gone. It is. We uh, Did we talk about... Oh, thanks. Mess with my mic. You're, you're, I've come undone. <laughs> your thing's not there. Yeah. Uh, so it's an I aesthetic did we, nightmare. Did we talk about this on the last episode? I think so. Okay, well, I think what I'd want to do is just put the rules out there one more time or just the sure. concept out there because people are asking questions and we're telling them each time on various other places like Instagram and, and whatnot. Wheel of pedals, you send us a pedal. We spin a wheel on my telephone. There's a wheel app. And the number that it lands on is the pedal that you get for the pedal that you sent in. So it's a one-to-one -one ratio contest. Mm -hmm. It's like a swap. Yeah, you, you don't know what you're gonna get. Uh, we had Strymon send in a Flint, mm -hmm. which went to Isaac Vining, which we're pretty excited about because he's a longtime listener and supporter of the show. Uh, but we have all sorts of other stuff on the on the wheel of pedals. Check it out on the Facebook group. All the information for the wheel of pedals is pinned to the top of the page, so you can see everything there or listen to the podcast, which you're already doing. Uh, so there's a couple rules. I'm not going to get into it, but you can find that out all out on the Facebook group. It's been a lot of fun. People are really loving it. Steve is getting really, really good at shipping. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I was telling oh boy. I was telling Steve earlier that if I had to ship the pedals for the wheel of pedals, this contest wouldn't be happening because it's way too much work for me. Our current lineup on the wheel of pedals is a Washburn Soloist Distortion, a TC Electronic Flashback. A VO Customs Majestic. Majesty. Sorry, I'm trying to read up the, from the picture. That's fine. Uh, full Tone USA Distortion Pro. Some Dan Electro black thing. <laughs> That's a metal pedal. Is it metal? Yeah, is it, it is ridiculous. Um, some uh, Donner Chorus. Yeah, it's like Chorus Flanger. Uh, flanger. Yeah, you know, for flange. Uh, oh my and gosh. then Phaser, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, there's a FET boost, which is a super hard-on style boost. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Some th- people really, really want that. There's a boss flanger. <laughs> Another flanger. Um, there is a boss blues driver. With a custom eyeball graphic. And there is a arrowhead boost from vertical amps. That arrowhead, arrowhead boost was on the original wheel of pedals and it has survived to this day. No, it wasn't on the, it was on the first. It was on the first roll. First roll. Wasn't the, uh, the, the distortion the full tone. The distortion pro was an original. It survived uh, from the first roll. We're on, yeah. we're going to be on like number four soon. The soloist distortion has been on there twice. We sent it. <laughs> yeah. We sent it back to, we sent it as a prize and it got sent back. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, let's tackle some ads. Yeah, let's stop just flapping our gums and uh, and do the real show here. People are uh, probably sick of hearing us. You know, this first ad. Uh, yeah, I see these this theme come up a lot. People do this a bunch. Uh huh. And I just finally felt motivated to talk about it. My wife uh, sent the ad in. She found it on Craigslist somewhere. I think. Let's see if I can find it. There it is. It is, do you want to read it? I'll let you read it. Electric toilet seat guitar, looks good, play well, comes with gig bag and sheet music. I call it the Les Poop. Does he? (laughs) Great conversation piece and fun to play at parties. $200, I don't accept cashier's check, cash only, sorry. So when he says sheet music, the picture is really small here. There's a toilet paper roll holder on the headstock nice. with a roll of toilet paper that has sheet music printed on it. So it's like a novelty gag gift. Sort that's of thing. kind of fun. That's the, that's the thing that pushed it over the edge for me to be like, yeah, we're going to talk about this. I feel, I don't think this is worth $200, no. but this is one of the better executed toilet yeah, guitars I've seen. Totally. But let's talk about the concept in general of the toilet guitar. This is just like, the most extreme dad joke you can imagine yeah. come to life and is physically manifested uh, the living embodiment of a dad joke. Like, well, it's I, ridiculous. And for what it's worth, like he did start with an Epiphone Les Paul Jr., which does tend to be a crappy guitar. <laughs> da- another dad joke. <laughs> I know that we're dads and I know you're a double dad, but it's, it's starting to get pretty bad with the dad jokes around here. Um, we need to we need to upgrade to uh, grandpa jokes. Well, you know the thing I never really liked about that humbucker. Tell is, your daughters to have babies is, uh, so you can make grandpa jokes. Yeah, my six year old totally. Um, <laughs> She's I, halfway what, to puberty. What I don't like about this humbucker is um, is that uh, the low end tends to be kind of farty. Kill me! Come on! <laughs> every time I see one of these, my question is. Why and where are you going to play this? The only the only situation I can imagine this existing is that you go over to someone's house or a party, and everyone at the party is like, "Have you seen this? Have you seen guys? He this guy hasn't seen the guitar yet. Get dude, get the guitar out. Right, it's a toilet guitar. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. And then you put it back in the closet, and no one ever plays it. Uh-huh. Can you imagine anyone playing this on a stage? Like, what is the like the what is the the gimmick of that band that this um, gets played on a stage? I think you take off four of the six strings and you play this in your Presidents of the United States cover band, Pusa. Oh my gosh. P-O-O-C-A? No, S-A. S-A? 
It's been a long day. It's not. <laughs> it's like one o'clock. <laughs> Pusa. Yeah. Poop of the United States of America is what you're saying. Yeah, just poop states of America. Poo states of America. Why not? I don't know. This, are we getting political again? <laughs> another no, political post. No, we're just making we're just making dad jokes. Yeah, another dad joke. Yeah, I just don't I just don't get the theme of these, and they happen a lot. Like I feel like every week someone sends us a toilet guitar to talk about, and this is the first one we've actually done it with. And not just because I'm playing favorites with my wife, but I'm totally playing favorites with my wife. Hi, honey, if you're listening. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> She's t- she actually listens to the show when I'm playing it in the same room as her. <laughs> I don't feel like I have anything else left to say about this. I mean, the fret axis is garbage. Of course. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next ads. We have a double ad scenario here. Two ads that kind of go together. Yep. This uh, first one, or do you want to do the second one? Uh, let's do the oh. first one from Donovan Carter. Right. This is a 64 Gibson Melody Maker. It's vintage. It's located in vintage, I should say. <laughs> the location is vintage? I have no idea where this that is. This is a time machine guitar. It was redone two years ago. All new hardware, 59 humbucker pickup, fast action, SKB case with key. Oh, it's got the key so you can lock it. Uh, this... This was on the group. There's a lot of stuff going on here. It looks, you know, it, it to be fair, it looks relatively clean. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of modifications done here, but it looks relatively clean. The problem is that the modifications kind of ruin a lot of the vintage aspects yeah. of this all guitar. All new hardware? Why? Yeah, all new hardware. New pickup? Why? They refinished it. Why? Uh, new bridge? Why? Do you think this is a refinish? Yeah, it's a refinish for sure. Because they're normally like a dark, glossy red. Right. And this has been sanded down to just the bare mahogany. Mm -hmm. Um, So these start out... Fast action? Why? Vintage instruments never have fast action. It's supposed to be really slow action. Um, That's why Eric Clapton is slow hand, because his guitars prevented him from being called fast hands. Uh, Friend of the show, Ariel Levine, had one of these... In stock, more stock condition. These do not come with this style of bridge, but they also don't come with a tunematic stop, stop stop bar style bridge, which just apparently had at one point because the holes are doweled. Do you see that? Yeah, I, that's really weird. So someone modified this to have a normal Les Paul style bridge and uh, stop tail setup. And then they unmodified it. And then this this guy or someone else unmodified it, and then he took out. The stock, kind of funky, but kind of really fun sounding single coils that these come with, or, you know, sometimes I think they came with a P90 too, and replaced it with some kind of humbucker. Yeah. And he says 59 humbucker pickup, like that says probably Seymour Duncan 59. Right, exactly. It doesn't mean 1959. It's not a bad pickup, but it's not anything special. I mean, this is a kind of a melody maker, especially a vintage one, is just such a funky thing. That you really don't want to mess with it. You want to leave it stock, especially considering that it's old. Yeah. So nine and people want it to be the same. Nine hundred fifty dollars are is this like a hard no? Yeah. Hard for pass. Me. Hard pass. Hard pass. What's what's the normal value for a stock? I have no idea. Uh, Melody Maker. We'll do your eBay thing real quick, and I'll keep talking. All right. Um. Yeah. You really don't. You don't want to remove the finish from these things. You don't want to swap pickups. You don't want to swap hardware at all. You want to keep these things stock. 
because the stock qualities of it are what make it the quirky, funky thing that they are. And just something about this, even though the execution is relatively clean, something about it just makes me really sad. Uh, like 900? So this guy's asking for normal prices for it. Yeah, pretty much. But then as I'm saying all this about not wanting to modify it and how this is bad, the next ad is it is worse. Is a modified Melody Maker. This one was sent to us by Kyle Smith. Yeah. Uh, the originator of the Kyle Smith move where you get a, a new piece of gear. We'll say gear is in my hand and you take your phone and you take a picture of it in the sky. That's, that's the Kyle Smith right there. So he sent us this ad for a Gibson Melody Maker SG Refin White Mini Humbuckers 1960s. Oh, and the last one was more of like your double cut Les Paul shape. Yeah. This is the SG shape. This one has been heavily modified. Very heavily. It is more money, $1,300 basically, mm -hmm. but I love this. So maybe it's really just more matter of my personal taste that I'm just calling the, the other one bad. But I really, really like this modification. I like the pick guard. I like the pickups. I love the color. Yeah, that white's a it's a good finish. Uh, He's kept the uh, the stop bar you know, all in one bridge, mm -hmm. which is the original hardware. So this is still going to play and feel like a melody maker, but it's got many humbuckers, so it's not going to sound exactly like. Yeah, this has a Cluson Deluxe tuners. Too many humbuckers, three-way pickup selector switch, independent volume and tone controls, and that's actually I think the the tone controls and everything that's like that's a different thing too. That's different too because I think even with the two pickup variations of the Melody Maker, they were still just using vol either volume, volume tone, or I think it was just volume tone, volume tone. Yeah, and then like volume. I know there's like three holes. Maybe it's volume tone in your your jack. Yeah, or your switch. Um. um I think what really sells this for me is that it just seems everything about it seems like it was professionally done. Yeah, it looks like really it's, good. It's really well thought out. It looks really good. Like I would, if I saw this in person, I might be fooled into thinking it was stock, just because yeah. it looks legit. You got the mini humbuckers that are inside of P90 adapters. That's what those are. So you could put P90s in this guitar if you wanted. Um, and just that freaking white on white. It looks so good. I always wanted a white SG. Apparently there actually are some, uh, holes here and there. That's what he says in the description. In, you can't see them, at least in the main picture, the picture that we will be posting. Yeah. But the, kind of the way this looks, the person who did it, obviously I think is some kind of perfectionist because it just looks really, really clean. So I imagine those holes are like. A minor detail to most people, but to the guy who made this, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this one. This is being detail. sold by Chicago Music Exchange. Is it really? Yeah. I wonder what the story is behind this thing. The story is. How do you feel about that price? Thirteen hundred dollars. I think if I was looking for a vintage melody maker, it's still too. It's too much. If you were looking for a vintage melody maker, you wouldn't buy this because it's not to vintage spec. Yeah. If I was looking for a new SG, I might new for you. Sure, right. Like if I was looking for an SG, a Gibson 
SG made by Gibson. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> of course. I mean, I think this might be on my radar. I think if I was looking for a guitar that was beautiful, but had high character and kind of like a vintage story to it, this would this would totally be on my list. Sure. The other, I think the thing that, that pushes me away from the, the previous one with the mm-hmm. humbucker is that they pushed it in a direction away from being classy. Right. They made a quirky instrument and they pushed it into trying to make it a high performance instrument, which just doesn't work for me. Maybe it works for someone else. I don't know. But in this case, they basically did some turd polishing. Mm-hmm. They took something funky and old and they polished it up to be like, they put it in a tuxedo. Basically, this is like a poor guy in a bright white <laughs> tuxedo scene in a movie. Yeah. You know? This is like in dumb and dumber when they put on those frilly tuxedos. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, they fancied it up. They made it really beautiful. I think I would, they made it look really attractive from a playing standpoint. Like who wouldn't want to play a, a I think, double mini humbucker? I think humbucker this is more like uh SG. I think this is more like in uh, Pretty Woman, where she goes to that store. This is a Pretty Woman and scenario, and they're like, they're like, uh, they're like, you can't afford this. Uh, you can't shop here. Yeah. You're you're a melody yeah. maker. Yeah, and, and then, then she comes. She back. comes back, and they're like, oh. no, she go, she she leaves, and she goes. This SG goes to Richard Greer. Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna take care of this for you, but only after we bone. Yeah, we're gonna bone so hard, and then because this be is be- a love story, and then you're gonna be beautiful. Then I'm going to go tell Chicago Music Exchange to take good care of you. There's a lot of money involved now. This is a really, really weak... I actually don't think I've ever seen Pretty Woman. This is a really weak uh, storyline we've come up with for this guitar. Pretty Woman had a pretty weak storyline. Oh, it's a terrible movie. It's basically My Fair Lady, right? I don't remember. The Rhine and Spine falls gently on the Pline. Was that My Fair Lady? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, let's get on to the, the last ad. Yeah, this was sent in by Briar Schult- Schultz. <laughs> Brian Schultz. Uh, I gotta find it. I gotta find it. He sent in this ad. There it is. He says, Fender got greedy and wanted the cheap market too. Fender makes Squire. Bottom line. No way went round. No. <laughs> no way around it. Cry all you want. Doesn't matter. And the headline is, Squire is Fender. $3. $3. What is this guy? What this is like? Someone having a rant on Craigslist? Yeah, I, apparently. So Brian is in like the Pittsburgh area, I think, and apparently Pittsburgh still has like Craigslist rants and like the whole thing where like people will reply to ads and post them on like basically basically what San Diego Craigslist was ten years ago. Right, right. Where there was just a more lot like a posting more, board. A posting board. It was like this massive. Yeah, you sell stuff here, but it's also like. You know, I just love R-E, 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 R-E. Fender got greedy and wanted the cheap market too. Is that really what is this guy talking about? They're greedy, right? What company got pushed out by Fender making Squire guitars? Um, are we talking about like Tisco's? Yeah, like Japanese imports that are I, cheap. I, I, all those, all those other Matsumoku brands that Fender purchased in order to start making Squires. Whoever wrote this ad, I want to sit down and have a conversation with them because this <laughs> is like just nuts to me. It's bananas, right? Cry all you want doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Fender makes Squire, you jackass. Yeah, doesn't matter. 
<laughs> go in and cry about it. All right. They're never going to change. They're corporate. All right. I'm going to check uh, how much card space we have left. And then we are going to All re- the card space. reconvene and discuss the topic. All right. Uh, do we want to discuss the topic? Yeah, let's talk about this topic. Do you remember who sent this in? I don't. It was on one of our Facebook calls for topics. A while like, ago. Like last week. Yeah. And someone posted it, and I totally forgot to write down who. And so I'm sorry if you're listening and you're like, that's my topic. They didn't say my name. Yeah, you know what? Send us an email at 60cyclehumcast.com with a 60cyclehumcast.com. 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. Uh-huh. 60cyclehumcast.com is our website. Yeah, go to our website. Read our logs that are dumb. Yeah, I haven't videos. posted any of our stuff recently. Yeah, you need to post I'm at least a, our episodes. I'm a little behind. Yeah, we'll catch up. Um, but uh, anyway... So I, did, is, I think I did post the last episode. Did you? I don't know. Well, it's up there now. We anyway, so send us an email and say, hey, that was my topic. Uh, how dare you not mention my name? And then give us another topic suggestion. And if we do that one, then we'll remember your name. Maybe. This topic is maybe how to get a gig with a new band. How to get a gig with now, a new band. Now, is this band? if you're in a new band and you're trying to get gigs? Or is this how do you get into a new band? I feel like we're paraphrasing this question a lot. I think the person was... Asking like for specifics, how do you get started? Like, what's it like to get started? Uh, I feel like you're you you said earlier, like, oh, I'm not in a band anymore. But we hashed all this stuff out with the band that we were yeah, in twice. That's when I learned how you get gigs. Like, I didn't have to learn how to get gigs from my new bands, right? Uh, so. You're on the same level as me. You know exactly what I know. Yeah. Well, I just don't know what our music scene is like right now. I guess that's the difference. Sure. It's, no, it's pretty much the same. Okay. It's pretty much all the same. So you're just writing emails to bars and saying, hey. This is going to be a short talk. Hey. I'm in a band. Right. Here's, here's a link to my band camp. You probably don't even need to do that. I think it's probably different in every city and every town. Uh, it always cracks me up, kind of like the uh, like the Disney movie formula of how bands happen, <laughs> right? Where it's like, oh wow, let's get our friends together and start a band. Wow, we have a really cool song. Bring, bring, bring. Hello, we just got a gig. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. You if, know, like if only, if only, like. But it's like they act like. Oh my gosh, we just got a gig. We made it. And then at the gig, well, I'm a, I'm a record producer. You have a record deal now. I want to make you a big star. Like that's how it goes down in TV and movies, yeah. right? Uh, how it goes down in real life is if you're shooting to play at, you know, start at the bottom, you're going to play in dive bars or you're going to play in all ages clubs, uh, basically. Is there anything about below that? House parties? Church basements. Church basements. Basically, you're talking to anyone who has a place where you can play. And you're saying, hey, I'm a band. If you host bands, I'll play. Those people, they don't even really care what you sound like. All you have to tell them is how many people you think you can bring. That's true. That's all it takes. If you can bring... I mean, these these clubs, these venues, they love bands that are playing their first show because they bring all of their friends and family 
for the first two or three shows that they play. Yeah. Because your friends and family are stoked that you've got a new band and they're going to come support you. So that's probably like the, it's probably the best show you're ever going to have. They're trying to hitch on. Little Johnny wants to be a rock star. And when he's a millionaire, I'm going to take 0.1%. It's probably going to be the best turnout you have in the life of your band. It's the first couple of shows when you're getting all your friends, your mom, your dad, and your grandparents and your aunts and uncles yeah. to come. All your siblings are going to be there. Uh, and then once people have come, they're not going to come anymore. And maybe you've got like three or four fan, three or four fans. <laughs> oh my gosh! For like a year, and then they get tired of it and they stop coming. And then you have no fans, right? And you're playing to a room with your one friend who showed up, right? right. The bartender, the most, sound guy, most, and your, then you break up. Your friend who shows up each time, he doesn't want to see you. He just wants to hang out with you and drink, right? So he's on his phone the whole time you're playing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think this is the scenario for most bands, uh, but I mean, sure, for, you know, for the select few, they get a decent following and they get stuff going, and you know, they can do little tours and stuff well, like that. I think and, backing up a little, like you were saying, you know, every city is different. I and I do think that's important, like to yeah. know what you're seeing is like in San Diego. If I was going to start like a a real punk band, a real punk like, band, like you know, like old school punk band, like I would, okay. I would be trying to like. Find out. You mean like Blink One Eighty Two? No. Uh, okay, so 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 that's actually that's actually like that's kind of but that's kind of like knowing the the scene. Like, yeah. If I was gonna be, I now I don't know now. It probably hasn't changed. If I was gonna be in like a Blink One Eighty Two style pop punk band, Green Day, whatever, right? Sure, sure. I'd be like, okay, like the number one place for that. Though I'm probably too old to actually be playing there. Um, would be like a place like Soma. Like, yeah, yeah. It would be like, what steps do I have to take? Like, who do I have to get in, in contact with in order to like break into Soma? Yeah. If I was in like more of like a DIY format kind of band, like then I'm thinking, like when I say said punk initially, I'm thinking like old school, like dirty punk stuff. Sure, like, sure. So that's more like house shows and you know who's doing house shows. There's not a lot of house show scenes in San Diego. I guess I see stuff for house shows every once in a while. Like it's all North County. I guess so. Or Chula Vista. Like, they're kind of on the extremes. We've, we've played house shows, but it seems Once like it's... twice. We don't... The, the problem in, in Southern California is that we don't have basements. Yeah. And everyone loads their garages up with crap. Right. Because no one parks in their garages in San, in Southern California. Uh, so, house shows are kind of at a, at a minimum because mm -hmm. those are the traditional places where a band would play at a house show. Right. Basement or garage. Basement or garage. Every now and then, like someone plays in a backyard or in a living room or something like that, but it's just not. I've played house shows that I haven't played. I went to a house show that the cops got called, but that was back in the 90s. Dang. That was a long time ago. We played a house show in a backyard, and that's the only house show I remember. Yeah, I don't think we played any other house shows with YFB or Morning Glass. Yeah. Um, but those can, I mean, those can be a ton of fun. Um, some of it is just like, I think it, I think it's hard to get into like to book shows if you don't know anyone. If you're just yeah. like, oh, I really like music, I'm going to be in a band. Like so much of it is like an investment of time. Yeah. Where Absolutely. it's like, I think if I started a band fresh right now, like I know enough people who are active musicians that I could get a shot somewhere where they say like, hey, sure. my band's playing this thing. Why don't you just come and like open for us at like Lestat's or something? Right, right. Is Lestat still doing music? I don't know. I don't know. But someplace like that. I mean, that. really it comes down to what venues are available in your area and where you want to play. If you're asking the question, 
how do I get a show of House of Blues at House of Blues? Uh, no idea. I did it one time. And it really wasn't great. Yeah. But like, if you have a specific venue in mind where you think, oh, if I play there, then I've made it, or if I play there, then I'm going to get the audience that I want, then you basically have to jump whatever, through whatever hoops that venue has for you to book there. Mm-hmm. They probably have a set of criteria that they go through to figure it out. I like to play dirty dive bars where the owner's just like, oh yeah, I don't feel like like working on the schedule. You want to play? Yeah, I'll put you on the show. Like we, I just booked a show with like Kaiju, right? Who's a who's a really awesome surf band who's coming through town in June. All I did was I saw on Daikaiju's Facebook page their schedule. Mm-hmm. I saw they were playing in San Diego. I wrote the bar an email and I said, hey, I'd love to play with Daikaiju. Here's my band. The guy wrote back the same day. Oh, great. That sounds awesome. I was probably the first band to write to ask for that date. That guy was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to book another band for this show. I really don't want to like... Go through my role. Well, I mean, he, now, so are you actually like playing, or did he just say, "Oh, no, that, we're, we're on like, the bill." Oh, that's maybe it was like a sarcastic, like, no. "Oh, that sounds awesome." No, he he modified the, oh, the okay. Facebook event, and we're on there. Gotcha. It, it was is literally just that easy. All you have to do is ask for yeah. a lot of these places, especially like dive bars. If there's a dive bar in your area where they have a stage, they have bands play. Uh, it's part of their thing to have bands playing, so people are hanging out and drinking and, and doing whatever at the bar, they're looking for talent. Even yeah. in a big city, they're looking for, for bands to come in and play. And again, you know, they're looking for people who can bring a little crowd with them. So mm-hmm. sometimes it helps to be like semi-local-ish. Sure. Or at least like you don't even necessarily have to live close to it, but like maybe the kind of people who are into what you're doing um, live close, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um <laughs> Of all the people in the music world who are not going to give a band a shot, dive bars will almost always give a band a shot. Yeah, they don't care how you sound. They don't how good. They don't care how good you are. Their sound system probably sucks, so they're not going to hear you anyways. Yeah, uh, they just want bodies through the door. Yeah, and 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 some of that is is it's all just visual. They they've got like a window open yeah. in the front. People are walking by on the street. They see like 20 people, 30 people in the bar. And they're going to be like, oh, that must be like the place to be. Something's happening tonight. If they're not going there tonight, like they're going to, that's going to resonate in their mind. Like, oh, that place is the place to be. I'm going to go back there on another night. Uh-huh. Check it out. Sick. <laughs> Sick, Sick venue. Bra. Sick venue. Sweet tunes. Um, sometimes I, I think San Diego is still this way. I, I don't know. Um, the, is it still kind of like a promoter? Are there a lot of people still doing promotion? I'm not doing any dealings with them. But okay. I imagine there's always there's always someone out there who's like, oh, I'm trying to become a show promoter. Sure. Well, and there's some guys who are just like, because I know, um, I guess the person I'm thinking of is um, is Ziggy. I haven't where, talked to him in a long time. Where he was kind of just like a bartender slash promoter. Right. He was kind of just, I think he did a lot of different things. Yeah. But, it's just kind of in the scene. Um, yeah. He was in the scene. And so sometimes you just have someone who kind of promotes shows and they'll promote like they just, I think kind of what they do is they just go to the different bars and we're like, Hey, how about this bar does a live show on Monday? And then this other one's going to do one on Tuesday. And this other one's going to do like Wednesday and Friday. And I just need one to fill Thursday. 
And so they pro- they'll promote for like three or four different places uh-huh. because their shows are all on different nights of the week. Yeah, totally. And it's, you know, if you can find a guy like that and be like, oh, here's my stuff. We'd yeah. love to play shows. A lot of times, you know, like I said, these places are hungry for to fill dead time, basically. Yeah. And once you kind of have so much of it is like interpersonal, mm-hmm. just getting to know people and not being a douche. Yeah. People want to feel comfortable writing you like, oh, hey, can you play this? And you just being cool and be like, oh, yeah, I can. Or no, I can't. Hit me up next yeah. time. You know, yeah. I, get, I get hit up by a bar that I don't want to play at. Like... Four times a year, I think seasonally they they write me like, "Oh, you want to you want to play this month?" And I just don't will write you, them back. Will you name this place? No, I'm not going to. Okay, I'll have to just ask in case you I afterwards. play there again. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? But it's just like I don't like playing there <laughs> because the bar has a wall between it and the stage. Oh, weird. So people at the bar can't see who, what's going on at the stage. So it's like just kind of like a lame place to play. Because people don't want to leave the bar to come watch you play. Right. Where if the bar is connected to the room where you play, then people Oh, just I think see I know you. where this is. Yeah, you know what I I'm forget, talking about. Because I think we played there. Probably. Uh, if we didn't play there, we went to go see someone play there. Because I remember loading that room. Yeah, yeah. It kind of sucks, so, right? Yeah, it's that weird. Setup, it's weird. Yeah, it's like two. It's like two different rooms. Like the yeah. venue room and the drinking room. So like you'll play to an empty room that's big. And then, like, go through the door to the bar. And there's, and, like, like, there's like 40 people in there. Yeah, and they're watching, all doing... They're, they're watching sports. They're all doing trivia night. <laughs> this is a real experience I had. What? So, so yeah, I hope, I hope whoever asked this question and anyone who is also curious about this, I hope that you just are getting from us that this isn't a hard thing to do. I've seen so many crappy bands play in, in small clubs. It's not a hard thing to do. It oh doesn't matter how good or bad you are. If you're good, it's going to be great. People are going to love you. If you're bad, it's going to be what the people at the bar are used to. Yeah. So don't get stressed out about it. Don't be too worried about it. You're going to be fine. Just write some bars and be like, hey, here's our stuff. You know, if, so you much can of, send them some songs or so something. So much of live performance is... And over-promise how many people oh, will be there. Yeah. That's the secret. Whatever number you think is going to be there, just, but don't du- go too, just, just don't, double it. Don't go too far. You don't want to be like, yeah, we can bring 300 people. And then you only bring ten, like yeah. you know, like if, if you if you, if you say, say if, that you can you can bring thirty people, then a bar is like thirty people, one drink a person. Okay, you're playing. Yeah, you know, if you think you can, if you like think you have thirty locked down and you're not sure, like I think you can say fifty, and if only yeah. thirty shows up, no one's gonna be like super pissed. Or you say thirty, and then if only ten or twelve show up, you're like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, next yeah. time it'll be better. You know. Yeah. Oh, my friend. Oh, so. My friends are just a bunch of tools. Oh, I hate my friends. I need uh, new friends. I'm uh, going to hang out at this bar and make new friends. Yep. Um, <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about this? It's pretty... I did, but like then I forgot slam, what it was. Slam dunk topic. Yeah. I forget what I forgot what I was going to say. Um, so I guess we should just wrap it up, maybe. Should we wrap it up? Uh, do we want to thank our sponsor again? Yeah, let's thank our sponsor, Barefoot Buttons. www.barefootbuttons.com Dot com. Right here, Steve already did it. It's, it's right here. We're holding it. Oh, the people listening have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, we're recording we're, in front of a green screen. We're recording video. I'll put the logo right here in my hands in front of my face. Um, if 
if we got around to it, this will be on YouTube someday. Yeah, hopefully uh, there's some like office behind us or something. <laughs> we're, we're, we recorded at the Grand Canyon. Oh, we're at the Grand Canyon, guys. We recorded in the Arctic Circle. Pretty incredible that yeah. we had the budget to get to the Grand Canyon. And the Arctic uh, Circle speaking, in the same episode. Speaking of budget, if you want to help support the show, uh, get onto our website, 60cyclehumcast.com. Uh, click on the, the information for crowdfunding. Or for supporting the show, I forget what the tag yeah, says. Yeah, it's like how to support. It's like support. I think it just says support the show. Yeah. It'll lead you to where you can crowdfund the show. Basically, one dollar, two dollar, three dollar, no. four dollar. At the ten dollar level, five thousand dollars. At the ten dollar level, what happens? At the one dollar level, nothing happens. But what happens at the ten dollar level? At the ten dollar level, you join the inner circle. You sure do, Steve. Which means when you play in your monthly play, tell them what they for get. The wheel of pedals. You get to play for f- basically free. Yeah, you, you don't you don't pay return. shipping. You don't shipping. pay return shipping. You also get into the Facebook group Inner Circle uh-huh. uh, where you get to see videos before they're published. You get to see extra content if we have it. This, we're going to start trying to work on some exclusive content just for the Inner Circle soon, yep. I hope. Uh, stuff happens early. We show you background photos uh, when we're developing the, the awesome demos and stuff like Episodes that. Episodes get released at like... 9 p.m. <laughs> on Sunday instead right. of midnight. Every now and then I get one a couple days out early. Yeah. Uh, you're part of the democracy of the show. If yeah. we have questions about what to do with the direction of the show, you get to help us through your votes. When we're trying to decide what the next piece of merch is or what design that we uh-huh. want to put on that merch, like that's an inner circle decision. You also get any new merch we make for free. We just for send free. it to you. Not so, free because you're paying us money. Yeah. But you're you also help get to fund some really awesome travel that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you paid for in the inner circle. Uh, the inner circle paid for our stay up at Nam. Yeah. Winter Nam. Winter we Nam. did uh, three nights in Anaheim. And that it's, was incredible. Yeah, and it's going to pay for uh, two, two, uh, two flights. Yeah. Uh, Not two flights, one flight, two people. One flight, two people. It's paying round trip airfare, rental car, hotel stay for uh, Cower Fest Palooza. Yeah. Cower Palooza Fest. Does the Cower uh, Guitars, Roni Guitars open house? Yeah, we're going up there in June. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be a blast. Um, and we're going to get a lot of extra con- content there and do a lot of fun stuff. Yep. Right now we're doing, um, if you sign up for the Inner Circle, uh, you get a code for a free month of gear supply that's streams. Uh, you sign up for their subscription service, you use the code, and your first month is free. That's a huge perk. I mean, it's basically your first month of Inner Circle for free yeah. when you think about it. Because the code is up to an $18 value. Yeah. So you could get some really great stuff for giving us $10 for one month. And mm-hmm. then you could cancel it all and be like, ha, 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 I fooled you guys. You know? Mm-hmm. We're hoping to, I think, work some more stuff out with our sponsor uh-huh. for this episode, Barefoot Buttons, uh, that's going to allow us to just make... I, can I talk about this? I, what I, would, I haven't confirmed it with Barefoot Buttons, but what I would like to do is make an Inner Circle exclusive Barefoot Buttons design that has an engraving on it that is just for the Inner Circle. It'll probably say... I donate $10 a month to 60 Cycle Hum and all I got was this stupid barefoot button. <laughs> but also, real quick, I want to wrap that, this that up. That was and, a joke about a shirt, not a joke about our sponsor because I, I think barefoot buttons are rad. Yeah, they're awesome. Just you, to be clear. You started using them. Oh, yeah. 
And they're great, right? They're freaking fantastic. <laughs> it's like that. There's so many goofy guitar accessories out there. Like today, they're on the group. Someone posted this capo. That, <laughs> did you see this? Yes. There's a capo someone's making that has a built-in clip-on tuner. Yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. The shape in the shape of it, a guitar headstock. Mm-hmm. And then also there's a thing on it to hold guitar picks. Yeah. So it's like you're using your capo with all this stuff stuck to it. There's a lot of goofy guitar accessories out there. Barefoot Buttons makes a legit product that actually helps you with your pedal board. Yeah. And I've I can't quit them. Like now that I've got oh them, I gosh. can't I can't stop using them basically. And I'm excited to spread them around. I'm legitimately excited about the, their product. Um, but what I wanted to say is if you don't want to give us ten dollars a month, that's totally fine. We would love it if we got a crap ton of one dollar yeah. pledgers. Like that would be awesome. Uh, there's not really any you know benefit to that, but we appreciate it and we'll read your name on the we show. We will read your name one time. Well, thank you on the show. At some point, you know, and what? you get to feel like you've contributed to this crazy, stupid thing that we've been doing for over two years. I feel like maybe not next episode, but in a near future episode, we should go through. And just recap sure. everyone who's don't who read is currently every donating to the show. Like we just read them all. Yeah, because it's quite a few. So, yeah, I like, think we've got like thirty people in there or something. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if everyone who listened to the show signed up to do a dollar a month, like oh my that gosh. would be we we'd be going to Summer Nam. I would force my wife to let me go oh, to so Summer Nam. Well, she could come with us. Yeah. We'd probably f- on ser- your kids have to stay yeah. home. This this is. <laughs> This is the this is seriously like the the insane power of crowdfunding right here is um I'll throw this out there if everyone who listens to the show donates one dollar a month like signs up for the one dollar level we'll go I think we could go to Music Messe next year where's where's that Frankfurt no way I think we could do it we could totally make that happen yeah and we could take our families I have a vacation yeah podcast vacation guys send us on vacation we'll crowdfund my giant tub of potato salad you know what and you know what if we do that then we could probably do a face-to-face uh podcast collabo with guitar nerds that's absolutely true because i think at least some of those guys go to that show absolutely so no because that's like the big europe yeah no your show that's europe's name if every single person who listened to the show right now donated a dollar there's a lot of really crazy stuff we could do yeah for sure so that's just throwing it out there guys i know we're doing the whole pbs thing right now and you're probably bored to death uh at least we're doing it at the end of the show instead of the front of the show uh but uh helping that stuff like that really helps grow the show. It grows what we can do. I mean, green screens don't pay for themselves, you know? <laughs> These microphones don't pay for themselves. Uh, no, they don't. You no, know, oh my gosh, this thing broke. The freaking cheap MXL mic. All right. Uh, You're in it, MXL, if you want to sponsor us, uh, we're sorry uh, that your mic broke. <laughs> All right. We don't well, even know how it broke. Yeah, talk about the song. And then let's get out of here. Uh, this week's song was sent by Aaron Abubo. It's for his band. He didn't tell us what the name of the band was. He didn't give us a website. Can only promote you so much, Aaron, when you don't give me this information. Yeah. Aaron's uh, a local guy. We he met is. him in person. I could have t- messaged him and been like, dude. Stop breaking uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> this song is called Daybreak. Um, I kind of like it. You kind of don't, I guess. Well, it's like a pop punk thing, right? Sure. It's just not my style. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. All right. I think I think uh, I think you win all my points for for technical ability. It sounds like it was recorded well. It sounds like it was played well. It's just not my style. Yeah, 
and that's fine. It's yeah. I don't have to like everything. Everyone else doesn't have to like everything. That's true. All right. Later guys. Thanks for watching. Awkward endings. Listening. Whatever you did. (laughs) 